0: Welcome back to the Walk the Word podcast with me, Pastor James of Sar Fellowship in Bahrain. And today we jump into Genesis chapter 5. Now, at first glance, this doesn't look like the most interesting chapter in the Bible. Let's be honest, it's a genealogy chapter. It begins with the words, this is the book of the generations of Adam. So this is the chapter of genealogy. So, that being said, still, if you've not read Genesis chapter 5 in the recent past, do go ahead and press pause and read it and then we'll come back together and we'll jump into it together. Alright, so Genesis chapter 5 begins. This is the book of the generations of Adam. From chapter 1 verse 1 to chapter 2 verse 4, we see uh, heaven and earth. Chapter 2 Verse four, to hear of the generations of Adam. So really this is the end of Adam's account. So this is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. What a wonderful thing for us to always remember, always to keep front and center of our minds that we are as humans, as as mankind, we are made in the likeness of God. So our lives have inherent value and dignity and worth and we are loved because we are made in his image. We carry on in verse 2, we see male and female, he created them and he blessed them and named them men. Or maybe your Bible says mankind. When Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. The days of Adam after he fathered Seth were 800 years. And he had other sons and daughters, thus all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. So he is Adam. First created man, never really part of the plan for Adam to die. Remember in chapter 2 and chapter 3, we talked about eating from the, the the tree of life. And that's never explicitly forbidden. The only tree that they can't eat from is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But constantly throughout this chapter, with one exception, everybody in this chapter, we read... A, and he died so for us then this is a constant reminder of our own mortality and it's kind of morbid and you know not too many people talk about it. it's a bit of a taboo to talk about death but when we really really seeing god's word that our human lives our human bodies our earthly form is is only ever temporary it pushes us it forces us to think forward and think about what is coming next How are we going to get there? How do we access all that God has planned for us? And I'd suggest that the whole counsel of God's word forces us to the inescapable conclusion that eternal life, abundant life, just life as God always intended it to be, is only found in Jesus, who says that he is the way, that he is the truth, and he is the life. So genealogies in the Bible are not always complete. Sometimes generations are skipped over. We've said before, I think, that the Bible is not a history textbook, even though it does contain history. And sometimes generations are skipped over if there's nothing particularly pertinent that needed communicating. And we, we trust in the inerrancy of Scripture, in its original form, when it was written down by a human author under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we trust that it is complete. We trust in its inerrancy. We trust in its authority. We trust in its completeness. And if there are generations skipped over, then I think I would suggest, you know, that that's one of those things that, as, as humans, as the creation, not the Creator, we just need to accept. So apparently, if you add up all these generations or all the generations in the Bible, sorry, from Adam to Jesus, without any gaps, there's around 5,000 years between Adam and Jesus. With some generations skipped over, I read that it was maybe 10,000 years. But this completely blows out of the water any idea that the earth has been here for tens of millions of years And that before humans, you know, the earth was around for billions and and billions of years. I've said it before, and I'll I'll probably say it again. There's that fairly well-known statement that, you know, it takes so much more faith to be an atheist than it does to accept who God is based on what he says of himself to us in his word. It takes so much more faith to believe that something came from nothing without a cause, without a creator, and it takes so much more faith to not believe in God. So without skipping generations, maybe 5,000 years, Adam to Jesus with maybe 10,000. And something else that we see, well, Genesis chapter 5 is very formulaic. We have a name. We see how long they lived before they fathered what is presumably their firstborn male child. We see how long they lived total and we see when they died. So it's very formulaic throughout this chapter, apart from one example, which we'll get to. But one of the most obvious things to jump at is the fact that these men, these people, lived such a very long time. You you look at Adam, 930 years. Look at Seth, 912 years. Look at Enosh, 905 years. And it just goes on and on and on. 910, 895, 962, 969, Seven hundred and seventy seven. These people we can't ignore the fact that there are some incredibly long lifespans here and theories abound as to this. Some people suggest that a different calendar was used. Um probably the best thing that I've ever read about it goes back to uh chapter one, verses six to eight. So if you've got your Bible open, just flick back a couple of pages. Genesis one verses six to eight says, And God said, let there be an expense in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expense and separated the waters that were under the expense from the waters that were above the expense. And it was so. And God called the expense heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And we talked about this. And we touched on this when we looked at chapter one. That this was possibly a description of a kind of water vapor cloud blanket that made the the earth pre-flood just a, a pristine and 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 wonderful environment to live in and the degenerative effects of the fall on the gene pool uh, were not as profound the gene pool as we touched on last time in chapter 4 was much purer at this point God had made people and you know we're only a, a couple of generations well, actually, we're still in the first generation here, aren't we? We're talking about Adam and, and Adam's son, Seth. Adam lived 930 years, so his his gene pool, Adam's genes were obviously perfect, handmade by God. But a combination of the, the water-vapor-cloud blanket of chapter 1, verses 6 to 8, coupled with the lack of degenerative effects of the fall on the gene pool add up to people living some incredibly long lives, essentially, in chapter 5. So again, as we continue to chapter 5, there's a constant reminder of our mortality. We work through a few generations. And maybe the standout passage is verses 21 to 24. So we'll read that together. Genesis 5.21 says, When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God. After he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. What do we take from this? Well, walking with God we take to mean that he's walking by faith in God. He was a man who obviously truly believed who God was. He believed in what God had said. He trusted in, the, in God's provision for his life now and his salvation and his, and his eternal life. He trusted in the plan and the promise of Genesis 3.15 that somebody is coming to right the wrongs of the world. And we read in verse 24, Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. And this is referenced in Jude, the penultimate book of the Bible. So if you go all the way to the back of your Bible to Revelation, the book before that is a very short letter written by one of Jesus's half-brothers, Jude. His actual name was Judas, but for obvious reasons, after the crucifixion, it's just a name that kind of died out. If you look at that in the Greek, the original language of the New Testament, actually, it'll still be Judas, but most English translations nowadays... We'll refer to it as the letter of Jude. Anyway, Enoch is referenced in there. In this wonderful, Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. And we see that he walked in faith. We read in Hebrews chapter 11 that without faith it is impossible to please God. So we can take from this that Enoch was a man of faith. And as we continue through chapter 5, there's another couple of generations and we end chapter 5 with Noah. And I read something very interesting that said, by the time we get to Noah, if, if these are consecutive generations, Noah was born only 14 years after Seth had died. So Noah, as a young man, would have been able to, converse with and spend time with Seth's children. And we read in verse seven that Seth lived after he fathered Enosh, 807 years, had other sons and daughters. So Seth had children. Seth being the son of Adam, that means that Noah could have spent time with and talked to the grandchildren of Adam and Eve. And what a wonderful thing that is. What a wonderful privilege that would have been for Noah. And it, it it gives a bit more context and a and a fuller understanding to to verses you know, like Genesis six, eight, Noah found favour in the eyes of the Lord and uh, Genesis six nine. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God, and we see that again. Noah is a man of faith. He found favor in the eyes of the Lord, and the full counsel of God's word tells us that the way to do that, to find favor in the eyes of the Lord, is to live by faith, and specifically in the in the God's provision for today and. For our tomorrow, all of our tomorrows, our ultimate tomorrow, our salvation, the provision that God has given that we read about in chapter 3, verse 15, this first gospel, the the coming of one who will crush evil and sin's hold on us. So Genesis chapter 5 finishes with Noah. We'll pick it up next time in chapter 6 with the flood. Genealogies in the Bible, then, are not the most exciting chapters. There's not a great deal of action happening in, in genealogies, but genealogies can be very instructive. They give us a real historical flavor for God's word. They add historical character to scripture. So, all in all, genealogies is not particularly exciting but they can be very, very useful and very informative and very instructive as well. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's part of the Bible. It's part of God's word to us. Therefore, it points to Jesus in some way. It's all part of God's word and counseled to us. So we value genealogical chapters in the Bible as much as any other. Next time, then, we'll jump into Genesis chapter 6 where Noah comes to the fore and uh, we'll look at some of the stuff that he did and said. Until then, God bless.